Welcome back to another episode of our Eagle Perspective podcast. I'm Mike Siciliano, and I am joined today by one of our upper school academic counselors, Miss Nancy Ola. Nancy, thanks for being here. Thank you, Mike. Um, Honor to be here and uh, for to speak on behalf of our department. Well, a couple things. We're going to talk all things college and college counseling today. I noticed you brought a mug that yes. says UCLA on it, which as a USC person, I find personally disappointing. Like nobody gave me a heads up about this. Uh, what is it about that mug that you're drawn to? Well, UCLA is actually my alma mater, mm-hmm. and my husband and I have a mixed marriage. So, you know, he went to USC, I went to UCLA, but love is blind, and we're united <laughs> in Christ. So there well, you go. since um, since I didn't, I wasn't given the opportunity to right. bring my USC mug. Right. I did at least find some red. Oh, very nice. So I feel like we should at least balance the table there you a little go. bit for our viewers out there. There you go. I love my USC so, friends. No, and the same for <laughs> UCLA. It's a, it's an amazing institution. So As friendly rivalry, of course. Right. Um, why don't you tell us a little about how long you've been at Santa Fe and, sure. and what you do here? Yeah, so this is my 14th year at Santa Fe. And uh, previously, I was at a private school up in West Los Angeles, and uh, just God opened a door for us to come here, and it's just been a great journey so far. This is a wonderful place. Uh, Love being a college counselor here. So you are the one here, but you are one of three that we have. Tell us a little bit about the counseling department at Santa Fe and and what else it looks like. Right. Uh, So... Our counseling department, I I believe, is one of the best in San Diego County. I mean, if I do say so myself, (laughs) we have three full-time academic counselors. Uh, We divide the alpha split uh, into thirds. So, um, you know, we we all have our our own group of students that that we work with one-on-one. But students and parents are, are free to just ask any of us for general questions if they like like testing you know if they have a question about testing you know all three of us would say the same thing and and provide the same answers um but but what's nice about our model is that that they have students and parents have a devoted counselor to go to and to talk about their students unique needs Um, it might seem like oh wow you have such a great caseload and we do we are so blessed i mean our some of our colleagues in the public schools are just overwhelmed and they're dealing with crises um, and they can't really devote time to good students who and, are and just, just to, to doing put some well. numbers to that. You know, yeah. our classes on the big end are maybe 120, and right. we have three full-time counselors. So we're talking an average senior class. You have about 40 students. Correct. Okay, right. Which is a really small number. And it's great because then we can really get to know students. And and if students say, "Hey, I really want to do something creative and and maybe do something a little bit out of the ordinary," then it gives us the opportunity to work with that student one-on-one on those things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And you've been a college counselor here now for what, 12, 13 years? Nope, 14 years. 14 years. Um, yeah. Almost. But you weren't, that has not been the entirety of your experience in education. I, right. I think you were actually a principal. Am I saying that? I, I was. Properly? Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so you've had a number of jobs in the field of education. Right. right. What made you pivot to counseling and obviously stick with it? Right. Uh, so I started off as a teacher in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the last couple of years at my previous school, I was in administration. And uh, throughout my time in education in Los Angeles, I wore a lot of different hats. 
And I find the role of an academic counselor to be the most rewarding. Um, I get to work with students and families one-on-one. -on -one. I get to be a lifelong learner, which I really love. I get to travel. Uh, so this weekend, I'm, I'm going to a university that invited me to be part of a counselor fly-in program. So I get to learn all about that school and come back and share about it with our students. Um, so to me, it's, it's the best of both worlds. I, I get to be a little bit of a teacher, a little bit of an administrator, and certainly a lifelong learner. So that's I'm a awesome. little jealous because I don't really get to do much traveling in my role. So what you're telling me is if I want to see the world, <laughs> I need to move on over to the counseling, the counseling center. I, I think I have the best job on campus. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, about college in mm -hmm. general, and we'll get to our process and specifically what you do with students and at what age and what that looks like. But I kind of want to start with a, a broad question. So I'll date myself a little bit. I graduated from high school 20 years ago. I can't believe it's true, but it's true. Um, what has changed about the college admissions process yeah. between then and now? I would say quite a lot has changed, um, but <clears throat> yet at the essence, it's still like the core is still the same. And what I mean with, with that is colleges are still looking for academically motivated students, students who wanna challenge themselves in the classroom, as well as engage in their community and just be great roommates. So that hasn't changed. Uh, what has changed are the vehicles and the modes in which students can apply to schools. And because of that, uh, because of technology changing, I mean, uh, again, I'm gonna date myself too, but when I applied to UCLA, I rolled my application into a typewriter <laughs> <laughs> and filled it out that way. Um, but that's only because you were into antiques. Right. That was like, more of a hobby. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, but now with things like the Common App and with the UC application being available electronically, students can apply to 20 schools using the Common App, all nine using the, the UC application. Um, so because of that, it it makes the process a little bit more selective. So oftentimes I hear parents saying, oh my gosh, back in my day, everyone got into San Diego State. And and that might have been true, but nowadays it, it has definitely become more selective of a school just because technology has changed the number of applications colleges receive and, and internationally too. Our, our yeah. educational system is, is the envy of the world. So. so just to kind of put a fine point on that, because yeah. when I was applying the Common App it wasn't really a thing. Right. Like most of the schools, or a lot of schools anyway, weren't a part of that. And what's happened since is that now most of the schools are a part of the Common App. Right. So if you're applying, it really becomes a matter of just how many boxes you check, right? And whether you want to pay the application fee for right. those schools. So right. suddenly you can apply to 25 schools right, by checking that box. Well, uh, so over 900 schools are on the Common App. The Common App limits it to 20. <laughs> okay, so the most, so you can apply to 20 schools right, on the Common App. Right, okay. so theoretically, yes, that, that is possible. We strongly advise against sure. it. Sure, <laughs> but that has led to more applicants applying to more schools right. and, and therefore more competitiveness in the process. Ab absolutely. Okay, yeah. so how do you counsel students as far as, like, where should you apply? Right. So um, can I talk a little bit about how unique Santa Fe approaches the... I would love okay. nothing more than for you <laughs> to talk about that. 
So um, I think what I love about Santa Fe Christian more than any of the other schools that I've I've come across, and and on a lot of these counselor fly-in programs, and and through um, our professional association, I don't know if everyone knows, but Steve Strumpel, Geraldine Johns, and I were were members of the national. Ed- Association of College Admissions Counselors. Uh, We're very active in our national and regional organizations. And uh, as a result, we get to talk to a lot of college admissions officers and a lot of other counselors from from other high schools, private schools, all around the country. So um, again, part of why I think my job is best job in the world. (laughs) But uh, I digress there. So I'm feeling very insecure suddenly, Nancy, like I'm in the wrong field here. (laughs) But what I like about our model is we get to start working with students from a young age. And I think that's the benefit of our K-12 approach. You know, we get to know students uh, in the spring of their eighth grade year and we get to work with them throughout their time in high school so I joke with my students and parents we get to kind of you know stalk you all throughout (laughs) high school not in a creepy way but but we really want to get to know our students and we want to expose them to a lot of different opportunities and get them to look at more than just the name of the school and we want them to know you know, why is it a good fit for them and why God is calling them to that school? And is it a place where they can really utilize the gifts and the talents that God gave them? Yeah. So I want to, I want to pick up on that before we get more into some specifics and some details, because I know in my role, I see a lot of students who are really stressed about the college process. It feels like the pressure has, has ratcheted up the, you know, all the things you're supposed to do has ratcheted up the the results, it's so competitive now. There are more schools where it just feels like a roll of the dice. Um, how do you help students balance that college pressure and stress sure. yeah. with also like at the same time, you want them to be doing the things that they can do to put themselves in the best position. Right, right. So I think, again, one of the things that I love about Santa Fe are all the opportunities our students have. Um, We had the opportunity this morning to sit with our blue and gold officer for the Naval Academy, and he was talking about qualities like leadership and athletics, extracurricular activities, academic rigor, uh, and those are all the things Santa Fe offers. And I I know personally from my daughter's experience when she graduated in, in 2019, she was able to play sports, be in the musical, as well as take AP courses and pursue her dream of of becoming an artist and a graphic designer. Um, So all of that really helps make applying to college pretty, I mean, not easy, but like when they're filling out their applications, they have a lot to be able to write about and and add to their resume. and as far as our role goes, um, you know, Steve Strumpel, he, he's been here a little bit longer than I have, and, and he's really very insightful about crafting the college list and, and how it comes down to having a healthy, well-balanced list. Uh, I tell some students, you know, you're, you're playing it too safe. You know, maybe you should add a reach school. Uh, every healthy college list should have safety or target and then range schools as well as reach schools. And uh, sometimes, you know, I'll have students say, hey, I really want to go to XYZ University. And I'm like, gosh, that school has like less than a 4% acceptance (laughs) rate. And, you know, honestly, it's not my role to say whether or not that student's going to get in or not get in. I'm not the admissions officer. If God's put it on their heart, then he's put it on their heart for a reason. And it may be because he has a plan for them that leads them there. But it could also be because he has a plan for them that maybe that door 
closes, but then something else opens as they pursue that school, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, but I know from experience, it's pretty tough to convince a 15, 16, 17 <laughs> year old, right, that, right. that maybe that's the case. Um, right. How much of it is helping them see that there is a wide range of schools out there beyond just, you know, the eight Ivy League schools or, you know, right. the top UC schools. Or, right. Like, what do you do to help kind of broaden their eyes to the amount of awesome places out there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so early on, we get our students, well, a couple of things. You know, all of our ninth graders um, have the opportunity to sit for the PSAT uh, in, in the fall. And when they take the PSAT, um, then they are on the radar of College Board and the Student Select, Selective Search Service, and, and they'll start getting emails from colleges. Uh, so that's one way for, for them to start getting to know different schools. The second is uh, we start working with them on something called Naviance, and it, this is a program that they're going to use throughout their time at Santa Fe. And, and there are other programs similar to Naviance, but for, for now that's what we're using. So it starts with ninth grade doing their personality profile for them to really know themselves. Um, and the, the, their personality is, is, is really a, an, an eye-opener for them sometimes. Uh, we also have them do a learning style inventory so they can see what types of environments they learn best in. Uh, and then in the sophomore year, Oh, and that also leads to a careers exploration. And when they look at careers, it also then suggests colleges that have majors mm-hmm. that leads to those careers. Um, so it's multifaceted. You know, we don't want to start, uh, you know, hammering college, college, college right. from, from an early age because it, sh- it shouldn't be about college. It should be about you finding your potential mm-hmm. here at Santa Fe, getting involved in things, building a community, and the college admissions is going to be a byproduct of that. So I love that yeah. so much, right? Yeah. And I know one of the things that you've said too is there's a school out there for everybody. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And um, it's just a matter of understanding who you are, how God made you, and where you best fit. Right. And uh, I love, I love, I love when I get to overhear you having that conversation <laughs> with, with students. But you mentioned it, it doesn't have to be about you know college per se from the beginning. So that's right. a good segue to. You start with eighth graders, right? right. They're the spring of their eighth grade year. Mm-hmm. Or if they're going to be new to our school, maybe summertime before they are admitted in, in ninth grade or before they start ninth grade. What what does that meeting look like? Like, sure. What does the beginning look like yeah. for an eighth grader or even a ninth grader? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love meeting with our incoming freshmen. We talk about their four-year plan. And <clears throat> that goes over all of our graduation requirements that are designed to position them for college admission um, as a college prep school, um, but it also helps us to get to know their interests. And, and maybe they're really exploring or searching, and, and maybe they might have multiple interests. I love working with students who have multiple interests, and there are colleges where they can fully explore all of those interests, um, as, as well as colleges where if a student says, I want to be an engineer, then that's what they're going to study <laughs> exclusively. Yeah. Um, so I love getting to know them, uh, what they're involved in, what they're interested in. Um, As a department, we keep a robust list of enrichment programs. So if a student says, hey, I'm really into music and I want to be part of the band, uh, helping them craft that schedule and what that four-year plan looks like to make sure band is part of it throughout their time at Santa Fe, and then also getting them connected with college programs, um, some of them some great programs through very selective schools where they can then cultivate that musical talent outside of Santa Fe. So... 
So yeah, it's yeah. And then as you go through the years, I mean, one thing I think that's really neat that that maybe is underappreciated, but like they can come see you anytime. Absolutely. Right. I mean, your office is like twenty feet from my office, <laughs> right? They can walk in and right. sit down and have a conversation and say. I've changed my mind about absolutely everything. Right. Absolutely. Right? Or say, And you sometimes know, seniors come in and say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it happens, it right? Does. I mean, what, how, how do we, ex- I mean, we can't really expect a 14, 15 year old to right. like have their life all mapped out or even an 18 year old. Right. Um, exactly. And so, so for you, you kind of become their, their ally, their confidant, their advisor, you know, over the course of, of those four years. Right. We love working with students and we have an open door policy to our students. Naturally, uh, we work in cycles sometimes. So the fall is very much devoted to the seniors and the application cycle. Mm -hmm. And then we transition to our juniors to get them ready for their upcoming application process. Uh, For our freshmen and our sophomores, we um, meet with them at least once a year. We do a a grade level event for every grade's parents uh, just to keep them informed on, on what they can be doing to help their students as they proceed through each grade. Mm-hmm. And um, and after we meet with the freshmen, we're like, hey, we this is our time, you know, please. We give them a link to schedule a meeting with us. We encourage them to sit down with us and talk about their summer plans, their ideas for next year's courses and, and what their interests are. So, and, and, and we go over their Naviance, their personality assessment or their learning profile and, and talk about it too, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's all really great stuff. So how has the pandemic changed things a bit? Like I know one hot topic that I get questions about is the SAT or ACT and all the testing and schools going test optional. I know that's not all real settled right? Yet. So how are we navigating right. that? Yeah. So um, again, I, I just, I'm so thankful and, and grateful for the network of college admissions counselors that we've built up over the years. And, and when COVID hit, uh, I had seniors who had their tests rescheduled on them four or five times and, and they could not take a test. And that first year, colleges were pretty much forced to go test optional or, or test blind. So students who had test scores and felt like they accurately reflected uh, their potential as a student were able to submit them and have them considered. And students who didn't have the opportunity to sit for a test or maybe sat for it really early on just as a practice test, um, they didn't want to submit those scores. So that's been a little bit of a moving target. Now as we're entering year two and then going into the third cycle of students applying into college, um, it's beginning to be it's things are shifting a little bit you know one of the blessings of the pandemic is colleges realized you know maybe test scores don't really adequately reflect how a student's going to do at our school and maybe it's something we can release and and make optional Uh, the ucs have gone test blind and the cal states are probably going to go that way at least that's the proposal before their academic senate and uh, we're still waiting to hear from some other schools Uh, But now it's gradually becoming a little bit of a mix, and and we're just trying to see what colleges are doing. Going to these conferences is important, Um, mingling with our college admissions reps and just reaching out to them like, hey, do you guys have a plan for fall 2023 grads, you know, or, you know, undergraduates? So um, right now we're kind of still in that in between stage where we're waiting to see most colleges that have gone test optional are going to stick with it um 
some schools, uh, it, it is become, uh, it is starting to come back and maybe it's a factor in their scholarships. Um, so we are encouraging students uh, to, to sit and prepare for a test. It's better to do more sure. and need less than to say, oh, shoot, I should have done this right. later on when it's too late. So too early to say, hey, don't right. worry about tests, don't take it. There's, right. there's still potentially some, uh, some benefit to doing that. Right. Okay. Okay, here's another question. This is a really important one. You ready? Sure. What percentage of university mascots, if I named the university... <laughs> Would you get correct? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know I see all the pennants in your office. Right. You know, there's some in there that I'm like, I didn't know that was a school. Right. Yes. I. I. I'm not quite sure. I will tell you that there are some college mascots that I'm just like, ooh, I don't know if I would have chosen that as a mascot. <laughs> like, for example, Long Beach State. Do you know mm, what they are? Good question. I'm not quite sure. I think they're the dirtbags. <laughs> I think that is their mascot. So I'd put that in that category. Okay. So, okay. Okay, here's a, here's a question for you. Um, let's say I'm a parent who has an eighth grader who's about to get into high school. What advice would you have for that parent on in terms of college admissions and what they can do to help their student over the next four years? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, my biggest piece of advice would be to encourage your student to get to know their counselor. Mm. Um, I can think of students right now that, um, you know, when they were young, just stopped by my office and said, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm going into high school and yeah. I'm really excited about it. When can we meet? And it's like, oh my gosh, I love, <laughs> I love the initiative. And, and those are things um, that we can actually write about as we write their letters mm. of recommendation too. Like, wow, this student had so much initiative. They came and met with me. Uh, on their own volition, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it was a little bit of encouragement from their parents, but um, it takes a lot of maturity, a little bit of courage to just approach an adult and introduce themselves um, and, and for that student to, to really get to know their counselor. And, and I would say that's, that's the biggest encouragement. Like I said, um, all of our students have our appointment link. We share it with, with them and as well as their parents. And uh, we've said, please schedule a meeting with us. And sometimes I'll, I'll chase a student or two down, like, hey, <laughs> you remember you wanted to meet with me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. Well, Let's and that, that, up. that is part of, you know, it's the same in the academic side right. from classes of, of the nice things about being here is we notice, right? When, right. You, when you stop showing up or when you don't, we notice, exactly. right? So. Um, it's nice to be able to kind of redirect that way right. when needed. Another thing that I really love about our model of meeting with students early is we get to know them and follow them throughout their four years here. And in, in the fall of their senior year, uh, we write letters of recommendation. Actually, you know, we, we, we start writing those letters over the summer leading into their senior year. So we get to advocate on the behalf of every one of our seniors. Um, so that that is a huge privilege it's i feel like i get to almost tell god's story on how he's worked in their lives mm -hmm. over the last four years uh, so that's a lot of fun i also have a, a bit of a background in journalism so it's nice to to get my writing uh fix in that <laughs> way uh so so that's great 
Um, I, and that's a, a, a huge plus of our, our school. At some schools, uh, especially in the public schools, um, a lot of counselors, there's a, a box on, on the secondary school report form where they can just check, I, I don't know the student well enough to provide a letter. Mm. And, you know, it certainly doesn't, doesn't um, hurt a student, you know, at the public schools, but it doesn't really help them yeah. either. So to have that additional voice to advocate for a student is, is really helpful. Um, and I, I would say too, when it comes to forming a student's list, um, we really encourage students uh, maybe not to hold on to one or two things too tightly because we want them to, to leave room for God to work in their life, mm. right? Like if you are holding on to so things that your fists are closed, um, you don't allow him to bless you with opportunities that you're not even aware of yet, right? And sometimes, you know, teenagers see things very black and white. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's where we come in and say, hey, you know, have you heard about this school? And did you know about that program? And I really see this as a good fit for you. And I've had students uh, and parents come back and thank me. And, mm. and so, ha- so have uh, parents and students thanking, you know, Steve and Gerilyn. Uh, just for recommending schools that yeah. they didn't consider before that they ended up at, and it turned out to be the best thing. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, Nancy, we are very blessed to have you, as well as Steve and Gerilyn. And I know having having now seen a few cycles of kids come in as freshmen and leave as seniors, that you've been a huge asset to them, and your department's been amazing at, at guiding them through what can be a really stressful time. So thank you for the work that you do here. Even though you went to UCLA, you know, I think you've overcome that particular you know, barrier. I will say love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I, I thank admin for all their support as well. We, we couldn't do what we do without having a supportive administrative team. So thank you. Well, thanks again for sharing. And thank you all for listening today uh, to another episode of our Eagle Perspective podcast. If this is your first one, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, or other places where podcasts are available. You can also watch our video podcasts on YouTube. We will see you again next time.